the plot of this movie, and in case you don't remember, this is the movie in which you saw a preview. What? No, this is the movie in the preview of which, boy, the the grammar on this is going to get kind of tricky. Welcome back to This Week in Film. It's the weekly podcast where we get together and talk about the movies we've seen over the past three days. I'm Nick Ferranto, joined as always by Midwest Matt Lauer. Matt, how is it going? Oh, it's going pretty much the same, Nick. This quarantine thing is pretty steady. How are you? I'm good. My shingles have improved, I guess. I have energy today, unlike last week's episode. So sorry about that, everybody, but I was uh, dying. (laughs) So (laughs) We live in the future, and uh, this show is taking place in the past, and I just finished editing editing our show from last week and i was low energy nick last week so but i got a pretty good excuse so i I think we have a fairly understanding and sophisticated set of listeners i'm sure they understand except for those crap people they know who they are kevin (laughs) are you talking about the ticket no i was just pulling the name out of Sorry, sorry, big ticket. Just so you know, that's not that's not you. You're good. Oh God, that's awesome. In, unless that happens to fit, in which case, take that, Kevin. Matt, it has only been a few days since our last episode, but the show must go on. In what film. have you seen this week in film? I managed to in find <laughs> yeah two movies to watch. I saw Gemini Man and oh, gosh. oh you were not wrong and Twenty One Bridges. Oh, okay. Yeah. What'd you see? I saw The Devil's Own from 1997. I don't know what that is. You will. Okay. Well. You you probably, I don't know if you've seen it, but you'll be like, oh, why did you watch that? Does that have Josh Hartnett in it? Nope. Harrison Ford? Does have Harrison Ford as a cop. You were thinking Hollywood Homicide. Oh, maybe I was. Two very different, two very different movies. But The Devil's Own does have Harrison Ford in it? Yep. Oh. And Brad Pitt. What? Yep. No, Brad. No, they. I did not know they ever did a movie together. They did. Apparently, they didn't get along either. That's uh, why they haven't worked together. So, where should we begin? Well, let's start with one of your movies since you win this week. All right, I won the right to go first. Boy. I am not going to have tons to say about either of these movies. However, I'm going to have less to say about Gemini Man. So I'm going to start with that. And spoiler alert for the rest of the episode, but uh, I'm going to be glad with both of these movies that I brought up the phrase aggressively mediocre last week. (laughs) So Gemini Man is aggressively mediocre. The plot of this movie, and in case you don't remember, this is the movie in which you saw a preview. What? No, this is the movie... In the preview of which, boy, the the grammar on this is going to get kind of tricky. The preview for this movie included Will Smith (laughs) as himself. No, not as himself. (laughs) Will Smith as Will Smith. Playing some guy whose name I don't know, and it doesn't matter. Bill Smith. (laughs) And, And Billiam. Yeah, so this is the movie where Will Smith runs into a younger Will Smith. And so the plot here is that this government assassin wants to retire and he's being hunted down by his own clone. Now, you might think that I've just spoiled something there, but 
that is all in the preview. Yeah. And if you've seen the preview, then you've pretty much seen the movie. And somehow throughout this movie, one thing it expects is that you did not see the preview because <laughs> it <laughs> thinks it's surprising you all over the place, even though, again, the information was in the preview. But it seems like it thinks it's surprising you, even though it's already told you in the movie what's going on. And I don't know if we're just supposed to be watching Will Smith's responses to getting information, but the way the movie's I guess like how it's directed makes it seem like you're supposed to be surprised too. And it's, it just doesn't matter. It, it's not interesting. I have this split up as usual into the good, the bad and the weird. And I don't have anything good to say about it. Really? And nothing. It's not that every single thing it's terrible. It's just that every single thing is flatly just kind of bad. Just not very good. Everything's just not very good. And this is a movie directed by, I believe, directed by Ang Lee, who directed, let's just go with Hulk. (laughs) (laughs) He directed many other things. He did direct many other things. And some of them are really good. For instance, I thought Brokeback Mountain was an extremely well-directed movie. I've Um, never seen that. Watch it. It's it's really good. I mean, as far as character sketch movies go, I don't think you get much better. And Heath Ledger's incredible in it. I've always wanted to see it. I've just never gotten around to it. Yeah, it's really good. And it, it shows off what Ang Lee's really good at. But it seems like Ang Lee tries to get outside of his like zone of comfort and an achievement to try other things, which I can appreciate. You know, you want to be able to keep your craft interesting and, and see if you can branch out. But it just seems like a lot of stuff he does outside of that character driven stuff is bad. And this movie is just it's very boring. When I saw at the end that it was directed by Ang Lee, I was surprised, even though I had seen other letdown movies by him. I was just like, wow, this was so absolutely a movie that should have been done by a director that's just never been heard of and does like music videos. So like Mick G. This should have been mm-hmm. directed by Mick G. The CGI Why did Ang Lee make this movie? I have no idea. I really it's like don't wasn't know. this stuck in development hell for 20 years like isn't it a script from the 90s i think so yeah i think it's been been around for quite some time and it definitely doesn't have the the feel of a movie that was just like waiting for the right people and finally they found them it has more the feel of a movie that was written on the fly and they just smashed something together it's like puddle of mud <laughs> it, it's like a fabricated just like okay we need to crank something out here let's put people who are serviceable in these roles and that's what it is just all the way around it's like serviceable the performances are very subpar will smith is not very good i just saw actually a um i saw a video on youtube about showgirls and it involved a moment where the the guy talking compares elizabeth berkeley to will smith you know as someone who was in a tv sitcom that brand, tried to branch out into a movie career mm-hmm. to to say how different they are he showed this clip from fresh prince He's like, here was a real sign that Will Smith could really act. And it's an episode where Will Smith's dad shows up and he's oh, like, oh, yeah. And then he leaves. How come he don't want me? Exactly. Exactly. And I'm, and, and the, the vlogger's point was, look at how good Will Smith is. I'm like, oh, man, I really thought you were comparing them as being similar. 
in that they were terrible on a sitcom and that they could branch out of it. Cause I didn't see anything there either. It just seemed bad. Like, Oh, I love that. I love that scene. Go back and watch it again. I've seen it. I probably watch it every couple of months. I think it's fantastic. First of all, first of all, if you watch that every couple of months, there's something wrong Uh with you. Well, because it gets posted on, in the comments on Reddit and then I'm like, well, I got to watch it. I gotta, I gotta watch this clip. It is, it, that is crocodile tears and, and poor acting. And Will Smith has done good stuff. I'm not trying to say that he is outright terrible, but this movie, I expected more from him. I mean, he, he looks good in it. Probably his face, not the CGI one. His actual face is probably the highlight of the film because he's just a good looking dude. And I'm like, all right, well, we get to watch Will Smith be attractive for two hours. But other than that, the performance is flat. Everyone's performance is pretty flat. It's very predictable. There was a moment where I got tired of the movie, so I just like excused myself for a little bit and I came back maybe ten minutes later and I sat down and Karina was like, Here's what you missed. And everything she said, I was like, Oh, I could have told you that. <laughs> I could have told you that I missed that, because that's exactly what would have happened in a paint by numbers kind of movie. The most interesting part of this movie were these two scenes in which Coca-Cola was there because in both of those scenes, I felt like there was a special filter put just on the Coca-Cola and it was literally the most interesting thing in the shot because it was like extra red. So the most interesting performance of the movie goes to Coca-Cola. I don't have anything else to say about this. Well, yeah. Okay. I'm still just, I'm still just thinking about the, the Fresh Prince episode with his dad. Like, like right now in my head, I'm going through like everything I like about that scene. Well, whatever. You can go back and watch it again. You'll be better off doing that than watching this movie. I can't say that the the CGI on the younger Will Smith has a couple moments where it's okay, but there's a lot of like uncanny valley stuff. You can tell that the age de-aging still improving, but also still not quite there sometimes. The mouth movement, really, there's, there's something off there. I don't imagine too many people are watching this just to see the de-aging although i don't know it does like i said it feels slapped together so that might be the gimmick you know it's just like hey go see will smith act with the younger will smith but Mm -hmm. it's not worth it i i I wouldn't recommend i wouldn't even recommend this to you as a thing to watch while you're just killing time it's just not worth it so i'm probably gonna see this movie yeah i wanted to see this in theaters i I knew it was gonna be bad but there's something about it that i was like i want to see this movie it's not fun bad i'm gonna watch this movie instead of brokeback mountain I guarantee you I will see this movie before I see Brokeback Mountain. Well, that doesn't surprise me Which is ridiculous. But don't set your sights very high. It's not going to be a good, bad movie where you can like laugh at it much. It's just kind of like, eh. Is it just, it's just boring. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah. there's one, one thing that was like the one moment where I turned to Karina and I was like, well, that was kind of interesting. And it wasn't part of the movie in terms of the plot. It was just that in one scene, or, or, or this is all like one action scene. And we go from all of the streets being completely empty, which I know sounds normal now with the whole coronavirus and all, but like it, it's the streets are completely empty. And I was like, it's a good thing. There's literally nobody in this city. And then they get onto vehicles and then there's everything is in the way. All of a sudden there are all these people in the streets and people driving around and it's just like wow this is i mean that was a point where i was like this is a very juvenile actor or a director and then come to find out that it was ang lee so gemini man skip it if you can do you ever joke around and call it the karina virus i've not thought to do that you're welcome (laughs) well thank you i will uh, (laughs) i'll wait till the you get that worst possible no charge (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
what's going to be great is you're going to have an argument and that's going to pop in your head and you're going to be like, God damn it. <laughs> so I look forward uh, to joining you in that moment. I'll be sure to send you a text. <laughs> Speaking of disappointing movies, yeah. I guess I'll go into mine. Excellent. The Devil's Own from 1997, directed by Alan J. Pacula. I'm guessing that's how you say it. It could be Pakula. I'm not sure. This movie stars Harrison Ford, Brad Pitt, Treat Williams is in it, a few other people here and there. A very young Julia Stiles is in it. I guess this is like three or four years before she kind of blew up for a little bit there. But she looks like she's a straight up teenager. Uh, Anyway. short. I mean, I know people call it a 15 moments of fame or 15 minutes of fame, but I feel like Julia Stiles was especially short. I think she walked away. I think she went went away on her own. Oh, yeah? I think so. I could just be making that up, though. Now, I know I, she I, tried the, to come back was, on a season or two of Dexter, and it was pretty bad. Oh, yeah. That's when I walked away from that show. That's the season after uh, the John Lithgow season. Uh-huh. And that yeah. season started up, and I was like, this again? I'm done. I'm done with you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, The Devil's Own. Brad Pitt is an IRA terrorist. It's like 1992 or 1991. This is a movie from 97, but it takes place in 91, 92, which is confusing because it's like five years ago in this movie's time period. But the cars look so old. Early 90s is just a disaster for everything. Like, I mean, just cars. Treat Williams is wearing like his dad's suit through the whole thing. Like He just looks terrible. Brad Pitt has never looked better. He's gorgeous and he's wearing all this like Irish clothes and harrison ford is i i imagine this is the last movie harrison ford made before he crossed the line between being regular harrison ford and older harrison ford oh or he like, like became really bitter uh not bitter but like the just his look like he just he still oh, okay. looks like young harrison ford in this movie and then like what came after this like what lies beneath he's just kind of like older harrison ford he's still he's still a fantastic looking man but in this movie he's still got that indiana jones look to him and that's nice and he looks great in a cop uniform so good for him while i was watching this whole movie i was like i just want a harrison ford as a new york cop movie and that's kind of what you get here but not really so brad pitt is in the ira which is the i don't know (laughs) if you whatever if you uh if you know anything about northern ireland uh in the mid mid 20th century to the like the late 20th century there was what they call the troubles and i am not anywhere close enough to even begin to describe what it's about so i won't but he's basically a terrorist and he comes to america to buy stinger missiles from treat williams to bring back to ireland to fight the british soldiers that are in northern ireland and that's basically the plot of the movie and brad pitt he's a good-natured but he's cold-blooded and I like Brad Pitt's character in this movie until he just doesn't have one anymore. I like Harrison Ford's character in this movie until he doesn't have one anymore. This is meaning they separate... become like inconsistent, or they just absolutely are... yeah. Okay. Like the like the second half of this. Apparently, this movie was in rewrites the day they were shooting it. Oh my! Like on the day, like Brad Pitt, like fame. I guess this movie was famously troubled, which is funny because the troubles <laughs> fun. Uh, okay. But like Brad Pitt, like said in an interview like that he hated making this movie it's not the movie he signed on for and he tried to back out of it and the studio executive said sure if you give us 60 million dollars and so he was like fine i'll make the movie and then like and then harrison ford said he said the quiet part loud Uh 
kind of a thing. So there's that. That's all the Internet Movie Database has on it. Apparently the original story is much darker and Brad Pitt's character is much more interesting because in this movie they just kind of make him a handsome young guy from <clears throat> from Ireland. And I remember when this movie came out that he got a lot of flack for the Irish accent. I don't think it's too bad. It's not great. I think his accent in Snatch, which was like t- two two years later after mm-hmm. this, is more appropriate. It's kind of the same, but more appropriate. But it's it's a little distracting in this movie. You could tell he's doing an accent, but like he got a lot of flack where they're like, oh, he's doing that terrible accent. I was like, it's fine. Who cares? I don't know why they didn't get... I mean, I know why they didn't get an Irish actor, because you had Brad Pitt, and Brad Pitt was like the biggest and most beautiful star in the world. So you're going to use him and make him do a silly voice. So Brad Pitt comes to America. The guy who brought him over is like this... Uh, Northern Ireland sympathizer or something like that. And he he gets him to live in Harrison Ford's basement. Like Harrison Ford has like a little basement apartment out of his house. And Brad Pitt just kind of moves in there. And Harrison Ford is this New York cop from an Irish family. And, you know, they get along great. They actually get along so well that when things fall apart, you're like, oh, but they were such fast friends. <laughs> you're like, you're like, oh, yeah, oh, they're not friends. And then you go, oh, yeah, because Brad Pitt's a murderer and he's been lying this whole time. Oh, that. <laughs> just like, right, that whole thing. But the movie spends so much time making you think that Brad Pitt is a good guy. And he's not a good guy, but he's kind of a shrewd businessman, but he doesn't take any flack. But then he's hanging out with Harrison Ford's daughters, not in a not in a sexual way, but like in a very caring older brother way. Like there's this very young girl who's like maybe five or something. And she takes a liking to him and he takes a liking to to her and they're very cute they have this one really cute scene when they're when she comes downstairs to get him for dinner or something and she asks him to marry him and he says oh i'd have to ask your dad and all this stuff and it's very cute and like the scene ends and you're like oh what a nice moment and you're like oh right with the cold-blooded murderer <laughs> you're like the movie is interesting in that respect that like you think it's going to be about brad pitt deciding to stay in america and give up whatever he was fighting for in ireland but it's not it's not about that at all he is desperate to get back to ireland and continue the fight like he doesn't want to wait a second to get back to ireland and and keep fighting that whole storyline's going on on top of that you've got harrison ford's cop storyline and he works in new york and he's got this partner named eric or something (laughs) i don't know um (laughs) what's his partner's name oh uh, it's good enough yeah, let's go with Eric Diaz, Edwin. I don't know. Those I'm looking are at the IMDb all very different can, names. <laughs> let's go with Edwork. So he's a cop, and every day is life or death with him. He never has a boring cop day. He chases down some guy who shoplifted something. Later that day, he stops a domestic shooting, and then the next day, some guys robbing a car, and he and his partner catch this happening, and they they go to trap the guy, and he finds the guy finds a gun and shoots at the policeman. Like he shoots at this cop Edwin, and he shoots at Harrison Ford. And then they begin this foot chase and Harrison Ford's right behind him and he's telling him to throw away the gun, throw away the gun, don't make me shoot you. And then the guy throws his gun down into a a stairwell, right? And Harrison Ford runs down to pick up the gun and his partner runs past and he didn't see the the gun get thrown or Harrison Ford duck into the alley or the, uh, the stairway 
to, to like a basement apartment. And Harrison Ford hears two or three gunshots go off and looks up and he's like, oh, Edward, whatever your name is, my my beloved partner. And he gets up and he runs to his partner and his partner's like, oh man, everything just happened so fast. I told him to freeze and turn around and he turned around and he, he had the gun in his hand and, and Harrison Ford's like, he didn't have the gun. I, this is part of the reason why I watched this movie was so I could do my Harrison oh, yeah, Ford really voice. <laughs> And so he's like, he didn't have the gun. He threw it away. His gun is in my hand. What happened? He was getting away. And then he turned around with the gun in the hand. I shot him in the back, Eddie. Here's his gun. He tossed it around the corner. And Ed Wickwork is grabs the gun and throws it down by the body because all of a sudden he's a dirty cop. And can you imagine a policeman just getting away with murder and and i'm just like oh this movie is quaint <laughs> how, how how quaint is this where Her- where the plot of the movie is that harrison ford is concerned about the implications of a police abuse of power that's like a huge driving storyline for the middle part of this movie so much so that i believe that this entire sequence was created to give harrison ford a reason to go oh and harrison ford covers up for him like he says sure yeah he had the he had the gun. I don't care. The next day he goes to his wife and says, I'm going to retire from being a cop because I've abused my power. And I said, I would never do that. So I'm going to retire. And his wife is like, you did it one time. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's how this starts. And he's like, nah, I'm done. You want to go home and bang? It's the middle of the day. The kids are at school. You're, you're on lunch. We can go bang. I'm retired. And she's like, sure. And so they, they, they go to go bang in the middle of the afternoon and they get inside the house and there are a bunch of masked men ransacking the house looking for something. And what it turns out that they're looking for is this giant bag of money that Brad Pitt has in order to buy these missiles from Treat Williams. And he gets into this fight with these guys. They end up holding out shotgun to the wife's head. And then all of a sudden, Brad Pitt shows up, gets into the scuffle, and then things the, the bad guys get away. But the the police are there and then brad pitt goes to handle things because it's treat williams who's behind everything because it's complicated they created 20 minutes worth of story just to have that sequence where harrison ford comes home early to find these guys in his house and to have this fight sequence they don't explain why brad pitt is there at all he's supposed to be like this guy with a construction job in the city and he's just home at one o'clock in the afternoon and they don't mention it at all and they're like where why were what are you doing here or why were you home or why aren't you at work and he's like oh i haven't been working on a boat <laughs> like there's no mention of it at all but we spend so much time so much time with harrison ford and i made a joke that leading up to this moment just felt like one 20 minute long cialis commercial where they're on the front step of the house and he like pulls his wife in to kiss her and i said to my wife the cialis is kicked in we better get started <laughs> So that was fun. So that, that might be all I really have to say about this movie. It's not very good. That whole sequence is the best or the most interesting part because it makes no sense. The ending of the movie makes no sense at all. The, the last half makes no sense at all. Like Harrison Ford like just decides that he has to save Brad Pitt from himself. And Brad Pitt's like, I'm not going back. I have to get back to Ireland. And Harrison Ford's like, no. 
<laughs> Brad Pitt's like, I told you I'm not going back. And then they have this shootout. And you're supposed to care because they care about each other. They do genuinely care about each other. But for all Harrison Ford knows is that everything about Brad Pitt is a lie. He's like, at one point he says, was everything about you a lie? And oh, now Brad he's Pitt- Batman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, we were robbed of Harrison Ford as Batman. They'll make that Dark Knight Returns film somehow, and Harrison Ford will be (laughs) as Batman. And Brad Pitt's like, not everything. Everything I said about my father was was true. And Harrison Ford's like, oh, well, I don't believe you. Joey, get us out of here. Because at one point he has to drive a boat. And I'm like, how does this guy know how to drive a boat? Who knows how to drive a boat that's never been on a boat before? And this isn't like a speedboat or whatever where you're like, oh, lever lever goes forward, wheelie turns sideways. Like, it's like a big-ass boat. And so he just, like, starts turning it. So I was doing a lot of Star Wars quotes. It was fun. That helped pass the time of this two-hour movie. When the hour 30 mark of this movie happens, you go to yourself, oh, all right, it's wrapping up. Sweet. And then, like, the climax of the movie happens, and then the resolution happens, and then the movie's just still on. And you're like... What? What's going on? Why, why is this? What? What's this whole storyline? Like once it gets discovered that Brad Pitt's not who he says he is, it should be the end of the movie. Like he just disappears and Harrison Ford feels betrayed. But they have to wrap it up. They have to wrap everything up and have another exciting action sequence. So like it just goes on for another half hour. Like we paused it so I could get up and use the bathroom. I was like, we have 30 minutes left of this. It was insane. Not a great movie. A lot of good close ups of Harrison Ford and Brad Pitt, though. Those are two attractive guys i think they got quite a future in hollywood <laughs> i guess i'm, I guess I'm gonna make that noise <laughs> they got is... quite a future in hollywood uh okay i don't know where that came from like, you're very excited about them this will be the episode in which nick and matt actually sexually objectify all the male leads <laughs> Which might lead me into my movie. Shall we transfer? I suppose. Okay. Let's transfer. I don't know. We're transferring our attention. <laughs> this is the first time we recorded at night in quite some time. Oh, yeah. This is this is a night episode, everyone. So, you know, the energy is different. <laughs> yeah. 21 Bridges. It's a movie from... 2019 with Chadwick Boseman, J.K. Simmons, and Sienna Miller, which means I finally got to find out who Sienna Miller is. I had no Who's idea. That? What is she a singer? Is she a singer? I don't know. Is she the one who was dating Bieber? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Mm. She's. I think she's. Uh, probably not, because I think she was 38. I looked her up on IMDb to see what else she was in, and I don't remember anything. Oh no, this um, girl I'm thinking of is young, maybe just 20 or something like that. Oh. Uh, yeah, no, I think you're thinking of someone else then. Thinking of Selena Gomez, I think. Ah, yes, very different. That's thing. somebody, right? That's a person. Yeah, okay. But so is Sienna Miller. I just didn't know who, and now I do. She's in 21 Bridges with Chadwick Boseman and J.K. Simmons. What does that have to do with Justin Bieber? Nothing. <laughs> this is a Justin Bieber podcast. Oh, I've been so confused the whole time. It's called the Bieber Dam. That's all I could come up with in three <laughs> seconds. That's all, that's all I had. <laughs> oh man this will uh it's not that's not bad when we do it when we do a top 10 episodes of this <laughs> podcast as a clip show and then we go to the bottom 10 this can go in the bottom 10 <laughs> so anyway 
21 Bridges. Uh, the plot of this movie is that a detective with quite a few shootings under his belt is investigating the current shooting of a handful of cops that occurred in somewhat unusual circumstances. Who? Can I ask a question? Yeah. He gets involved in a lot of shootings or he investigates He's shootings? He's already been involved in a lot of shootings, so it starts out okay. with him being questioned by AI. No, IA. Sorry. Internal affairs, not artificial. That robot oh, from the Spielberg no, movie no, no, showed no, up? No, 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 Don't get confused. <laughs> Internal affairs. So he's- he's like Joel Osment, no. his partner, the Blue Fairy? He, no, no. <laughs> so anyway, he's being interviewed by IA at the beginning and then is almost immediately called to this shooting of a bunch of cops. And Where, uh, where cops got shot or did the shooting? Well, a bit of both. So, but cops were shot. And so it's in this instance that he is being asked to, he's a detective. So he's being asked to investigate this and to find these guys immediate. And everyone's like, man, we're going to have to, well, even right from the beginning, JK Simmons, who's like the captain uh, above the guys that were all shot. He's like, Hey, look, man, these people don't need anything said about them in the news. So let's just wrap this up quickly. Okay. Don't say anything about these people. So right from the jump, it's like, oh, okay, so these cops are crooked. And then the movie goes on from there. And remember, I said that both of the movies I saw were, again, I don't know who I'm borrowing it from, but aggressively mediocre. (laughs) This movie is too. And you're supposed to be wondering the whole time, who's guilty? Who's going to make it out alive? And I told Kareen about five minutes in, I was like, here's how this movie's going to (laughs) go. Here's here's who's guilty. Here's who's going to be revealed at the end to be involved. And here's how it's going to end. And it did. A hundred percent is this is really the most, called this is the most predictable movie I think I've ever seen. And it's really a shame because it's supposed to have you on edge the whole time wondering and it doesn't. Hmm. Hmm, indeed. <laughs> just, I thought this movie was supposed to be pretty good. Like I had heard good things about it. I will agree. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the thing. Like I said, it's aggressively mediocre. It, when it comes to the good, it's cohesive. The performances are fine. It's not Gemini Man where you're like, wow, nobody really bothered to bring anything to the table here. In in this movie, you're like, well, okay, well, these people seem pretty invested. It's just the most rote, old, stale script ever. It's just really boring or, or really, well, I mean, it does end up being boring, but it's just really old. It's, it's so trodden that it's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, I already know the whole pathway. I could, I could walk this with my eyes closed because I've been through this a million times. And, you know, really by the end of it, it's like, okay, someone somewhere saw LA Confidential and they were like, I could rewrite that from memory poorly. Here we go. <laughs> Let's watch mm-hmm. it. But like I said, the performances are good. The predictability is bad. There's some jargon in it. So like they have the cops talking in very like cop lingo ways. And at the beginning, like for the first few minutes, I was like maybe expecting the movie to be a lot more complicated than it was. And so I was like, oh, I'm trying to listen real hard. And then I was like, oh, no, no, no. You know what? I don't know exactly what they're saying, but I know where this is going. So the jargon doesn't really matter that much because it ends up being not nearly as complex as you might expect it to be anyway. It spells out some things that don't need to be spelled out. And I know I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but one of the reasons it doesn't need to be spelled out is because you already see them coming before the plot does. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what the writer's going to come up with before the writer does. It's really, it's almost like, 
you should watch this in film school just to be like, here's a very standard script. The weird. So that was that was the bad. The good was the performances. That was the bad. As far as like the the shots and stuff go, there was really nothing too special. It's it's a decent looking movie. There's just nothing particularly, I don't know, great about it. I can't quite tell whether or not it was corny because things that are very wrote like that and just do what's expected kind of seem corny no matter what. Mm-hmm. I think I think what ends up seeming corny is that the movie thinks that it's doing dramatic and surprising stuff and it's really not. So it's kind of like embarrassed on the movie's behalf where I'm kind of like, Oh, you think you made something. Oh, that's cute. I see. Yeah. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. If I were to make a movie, I wouldn't make a movie nearly this good, (laughs) but, (laughs) but it's just, it, it's, it's just so familiar. The weird is just that it's, that it actually is fine. There are no errors per se. There's nothing that's wrong, but it plays it so safe and repetitive that it just couldn't really do anything wrong. And the other thing that's weird is that just in this movie, how easy it is to get all the bridges closed to Manhattan, because that's really the plot here. That's why it's called 21 Bridges, because when these guys are that that shot the cops are getting away, Chadwick Boseman's like, all right, so here's what we need to do. We need to shut down all the bridges and they're like the bridges to what he's like the island what island this island manhattan there are 21 bridges in and out of here we need to shut them all down and he's talking to an fbi agent and the fbi agent's like you gotta be kidding me i'm not gonna do that and he's like you better and then he's like fine you have till 5 a.m or you have five hours and i'm like I don't work for the FBI, but I'm pretty sure that an FBI agent can't just choose. Like, I don't think an agent has the the authority to be like, okay, I'll close down all 21 bridges to the island of Manhattan. But that's how it happens. And then for the rest of the movie, he is chasing down these people and figuring out who's dirty and who's not. And I can promise you, based on just the plot, there's a probably like an 80% chance that if I were to list who the characters are, you'd be able to tell me right now which ones are guilty and which ones aren't. Oh, well, let's play. I have the I got the list in front of me right now. So it says J.K. Simmons plays Captain McKenna. Uh-huh. He's dirty. Yep. Yeah. Stephen James oh, yeah. plays. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the minute you said L.A. Confidential, when it like totally clicked in, I was like, oh yeah, J.K. Simmons is uh, what's his name, the chief from L.A. Confidential. Spoiler alert for that movie too. <laughs> uh, Stephen James. I'm gonna say he's clean. Uh, Taylor Kitsch. Hold on, I got to bring up these he pictures plays, so I know who these people are. He plays Michael. So, so Chadwick Boseman's the main character. I'm gonna go f- from left to right through the IMDb, okay. and I can tell you who these characters are. Sienna Miller is his sudden partner, who's been She's dirty. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Is uh, he sort of dirty, but not not quite clean, but not quite dirty? Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. No, he's pretty clean. They they kind of tell you that the movie tries to have it both ways because they're like, yeah, he kills a lot of people. And I even told Karina at the bidding, I'm like, oh, they got him involved and they're trying to put some pressure on him to kill these guys. Because even at the beginning of the movie, Sienna Miller's like, I need to know that if we, she's like, are you who they say you are? And he's like, I don't know. Who do they say I am? She's like, that guy who kills everybody he sees. And he's like, well, I've been in shootings, but everybody drew on me first. And she's like, well, I need to know that you're going to kill these guys if we find them. 
she 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 that's not how being a policeman works it's also not how surprising people in a movie works (laughs) she's like she does say i need to know that you'll have my back but that's as subtle Uh as it gets and right before that she's like i need to know that if we run into these guys you're not going to hesitate to shoot them Stephen james and taylor kitsch are the shooters oh and you know that right they're the bad guys they're the bad guys okay yeah because since we're spoiling things the way the movie starts out is they are robbing a guy that owns a winery or not a winery but a a wine shop that's a front for drugs and they're like we want (gasps) 50 kilos of drugs and he's like uh or 30 kilos of drugs and then he shows them where the drugs are and they're like this is 300 kilos of drugs and then they're in the middle of like robbing him and then a bunch of cops come to the door and they're like knocking on the door and they're like, hey, knock, knock, knock. Can we have our drugs? Exactly. Exactly. They're like, we're here to do the drug thing that we do. It's Wednesday. And then uh, Keith David. All right. So I've been thinking about this. Well, let me tell you who he is. Okay. He is... I got to figure this out, actually. I know it says Deputy Chief Spencer. He's there when Chadwick Boseman gets called to the scene. So when he gets to the scene, it's like J.K. Simmons is there being like, my police officers were killed. And there are like two cops that are just sitting on the floor. And Chadwick Boseman's like, I kind of need you to get up so I can investigate the scene. And they're like, oh, yeah, fine. Come over here and investigate stuff. And he's like, well, yeah, that's kind of my job. So right. if you don't mind, could you get the fuck up off the floor? And then Keith David, I think he was in that scene and his role there is just to like, he's someone other than J.K. Simmons who's sort of in charge of stuff. So he can be like, all right, everybody get along. And that's pretty right. much it. He doesn't have much of a part after that. You don't find out. I don't think how guilty or like dirty or not dirty he is. Oh, I was going to say, I'm going to say he's clean because they're going to go off type. Like Keith David's usually a bad guy or something. He's, and, he's uh, just never revealed as being involved. Okay. Yeah. All of these other people are cops and they're two FBI agent dudes. So I'm going to go ahead and say all the rest of the people. <laughs> Dirty or clean. All right. Next up, Alexander Siddig, who played Adi. I'm going to go with clean. I don't even know. Oh, Alexander Siddig. Okay. So Adi is, he's actually a money launderer. So when these guys Uh, have, they're running around with the money. I guess this is one thing about the movie that's just stupid. And, and Karina turned to me at one point. She's like, why don't they just hide? And I was like, I don't know. They put some fake stuff in the movie where they're like, we have to get off the island immediately. I'm like, you can't get off the island. Why don't you just hide? There are cops chasing wait. you all over the place. Instead, they're trying to get all their money transferred over and get it laundered and all this sort of stuff. So at some point, they go to Alexander Siddig's place and they're like, hey, Adi, money launderer extraordinaire. Uh, we have all this cash since we traded the drugs for cash we need you to take this cash and turn it from 20s into or i I guess from like benjamin into something that are like higher denomination or something and so he's just a money launderer but he also through screenwriting gives these like thumb drives that have all this information about the dirty cops to michael stephen james's character and so everyone else in this movie uh-huh. is cops or FBI agents. Now, all right. say it for me. Are they all dirty or are they all clean? They're all dirty. There you go. Okay. <laughs> it's just, 
<laughs> Everybody's dirty except for Chadwick Boseman and the one shooter who was robbing the liquor store who I guess we're supposed to like because he doesn't really want to kill anybody, even though he shoots at a lot of people. He just happens to never bother try shooting at Chadwick Boseman, even though he's shooting at other cops and Chadwick Boseman's always the guy who's actually catching up with him. I want you to watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this. Would this movie be the most amazing thing if you had never seen a cop movie? If you had never seen a cop movie ever, this would be pretty awesome because it's just had all the years to just churn those all into one flavor. Uh-huh. It's like if you never had ice cream and someone was like, here's vanilla ice cream. The best flavor. <laughs> According to you. <laughs> yeah, but that's it. You're, you're right. Second to only chocolate peanut butter. This would be, yeah, this would be uh, quite a good movie if you had never seen a cop movie or a dirty cop movie, rather. That's kind of a shame that, like, you can't just make a movie like that. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, that's, a, that's a weird catch-22 where you're like, why don't they make movies like they used to? Because you've seen it. Because this story's been told 800,000 yeah. times. But see, it's right. not a catch-22 because we can all just go watch those other movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but everybody wants something new. Like I said to Karina's dad, I was like, he said, was it any good? And we were like, uh, it wasn't bad, but it was super used. And so I was like, you know what you should watch? Just watch LA Confidential. There you go. That movie's just great. It is great. All right. Anything else on 21 Bridges? Oh, no. Nothing Do else. Do you have anything else to say about the money launderer guy? Not really. Oh, okay. No. That brings us to our movie rankings list. Let's hit that theme song. Five on five. There, it's, it's got a theme song now. Uh, wow. I don't, is that something you've edited in? I don't know what yep, happens there. It sure is. Okay. And I've been thinking about adding music to it. <laughs> so i'll teach myself how to use the garage band app all right cool <laughs> i'll throw a tambourine at the end <laughs> every week i'll add one new instrument uh <laughs> It'll all just right be the strum of a guitar <laughs> <laughs> five on five <laughs> it's the, the guitar solo from that car mic across america <laughs> I got my list open here. All right. Uh, what do you think I'm going to give The Devil's Own? Sounds like a two. It's got a real two feel to it. All right. Plot for this movie. And one of those points is just for them being attractive. <laughs> uh the plot for this movie is interesting. I think if this was a television show, like a Netflix something, like something that they could like stretch these characters out over a long period of time and like grow with them, mm. it'd be more interesting and more in uh, exciting to dive into, especially with the time period stuff. Like it's, you know, it's, it's crazy interesting stuff. It sounds like it would make a decent miniseries. Yeah. But as far as like a two hour long movie, it's way too much and too little time and way too erratic. So I'm going to give it a one and a half for plot, which is kind of weird. The acting is quite good. I've got no complaints about Brad Pitt or Harrison Ford. I think they do a terrific job with what they have. All the people around them do a good job. Even the kids, like the little girl in the movie that I was talking about earlier, she's adorable and, and not annoying at all. So I'm going to give the acting a four, I think. It's, it's quite good acting. Okay. Uh, pacing of this movie is all over the place. Like You can tell that this movie had issues. Uh, I'm going to give it a one for pacing. And the aesthetic of this movie, it looks great. It, I mean, 
Harrison Ford looks fantastic. Brad Pitt looks fantastic. I mean, just on camera, like everything is really well lit. The costumes of everyone looks great. I mean, it's the the early 90s, so everything looks terrible, but it's, you know, it's supposed to because it was the early 90s. And it really feels like a movie from 1991. I was really confused for the first 20 minutes of this movie before Jill reminded me that it takes place at the beginning of the decade and not at the end of the decade when it was released. So... That really screwed with my head. But uh, so for aesthetics, I think I'm going to have to give it a three and a half. That feels low. Uh, I'm going to give it a four because at one point there's a pretty cool squib that looks terrible. <laughs> like you could see the squib pop in the guy's shirt. I think you could see him squeezing the blood out. I was like, squib! <laughs> like you could see the blood pack in his shirt because his shirt's so tight. Wait, half so you're point. giving it more points for that? Yeah. I'm giving it an extra point because I really enjoyed that because I got to yell out squib and then enjoyment for this movie. I'm going to give it a two. I didn't hate it. I didn't really like it. It's just kind of boring and disappointing. And I would like to see it explored in a much more episodic manner. I think that's the way to go with this movie. So that score ends up being two and a half. Wow. Shouldn't have given that one thing a four. (laughs) <laughs> that was too generous. Well, All I'm right. pretty sure that with your algorithm that I'll never understand, my guess brings down your final score. So there you go. You can take some solace in that. What do you think I'm going to give Gemini Man? I think you're going to give this movie a one and a half. All right. So story, plot, themes. I added themes to that because I realized these like artsier movies and these like elevated horror movies don't have a spot for that sort of thing. So it's going to have to go in the story and plot section. But that doesn't apply to Gemini Man. Gemini Man, the story, the plot, Tell me about the themes. (laughs) The themes. Man versus man. Is it called Gemini Man? Like, is that the name of the movie just because there's two of them? I guess. Who wins? Spoiler alert for Gemini Man. Does old Will Smith win? Are you are you kidding me? Nick, it's predictable as hell. They're going to end up on the same side. Yeah, but I have a I like I feel like young Will Smith has like some sort of defect, which is why old Will Smith is better. Like have no you, matter how have much Have you not seen the preview? The whole plot is in the preview. They both get mad at the old guy who that Negan from Walking Dead, and so they team up together and they get cranky with him. <laughs> And then, well, all right, if then you really, if you really does, want me does, to spoil it, does young Will Smith die? Okay, well, I'm I'm just going to tell you how it ends. Okay. Spoiler alert again, everybody. Again, this was predictable too, even though it wasn't in the preview. I knew this was coming because I said it to Karina too. I was like, I'm waiting for the third younger Will Smith to show up. He does. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, there's a third, and he's the most evil Will Smith. No. He just, Does young Will Smith kill super evil Will Smith so that only old Will Smith is left? Will Smith and younger does, Will Smith both live. Does, and younger does, Will Smith is basically like older Will Smith's son who yeah. goes to college. What? Yeah, they fight. Look, they fight for a while. Then, and this is predictable because even in the preview, you you hear young Will Smith getting cranky with the old white guy and being like, you made a human out of another human and so he does that and he's like you made me out of another human blah 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 and you're like oh okay so he's he's cranky and he's trying to become independent so he's gonna eventually probably kill this guy he doesn't kill him older will smith kills him actually he gets ready to kill him but it's like it's like robin wanting to kill two-face and then batman's like don't except then batman kills two-face <laughs> don't allow me to do it 
Harrison Ford, what are you doing here? But in the midst of this, they throw an even younger Will Smith, who's like 13, into the mix. And fortunately, because the CGI would have been terrible on his mouth, he doesn't actually say anything. And they're like, what's wrong with you? Can you not feel pain? And then he's like, uh, uh, dead. <laughs> so old Will Smith dies? No, that's that's the youngest. Old Will Smith and younger Will Smith both live. And at the end, Hold on. so we, so we got old Will Smith, Will Smith, Smith and Liam Smith, old Will Smith visits younger Will Smith at college and is like, Hey, <laughs> make sure to study. And he's like, you're not my dad. You're me. <laughs> and the woman, sorry, there is Freeze a frame high five there. There is another character in this movie, and I apologize for referring to her as the woman. I just couldn't remember her name right now. Who do you think you are? The president? No. Topical. Jim. From a month ago. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Oh. Yeah, she's in this, and she doesn't seem particularly interested either. Her performance is probably the better of the ones, but it's still kind of like, hey, this movie's not very good, and we know it. So she's there, and all three of them are hanging out at his college, and they're like, you guys sure are funny the way you talk to each other. And Will Smith's like, shut up. I'm trying to talk to me right now. And the other one's like, actually, I'm my own human being, so could you stop calling me you? And he's like, you're me. (laughs) Do they make a joke about how do you kill yourself? Do they make like a, a joke about that, having to kill yourself? Uh, no. Oh, that's a missed opportunity. I don't know that suicide's much of an opportunity for humor, but okay. No, I mean like during the movie where they're like, he's a younger you. Well, how do I just kill myself? You're an assassin. Figure it out. So what do you think I'm going to give Gemini, man? All right. I think I answered this already, but that was like an hour ago. Did you? Uh, oh. uh, I said a one and a half. Oh, right. Okay. So story slash plot or themes i am gonna give it a one it's not even that good of an idea i can't believe this was floating around for however many years acting i'm gonna give it a one and a half pacing i'm gonna give it a one and a half aesthetics the only thing i really noticed about the aesthetics was the uncanny valley cgi so i'll give it a and the and the coke oh yeah the coke i forgot about the coke i'm gonna have to add an extra half a point for that one and a half (laughs) uh and then the enjoyment. I mean, you brought that Coke thing back up. One and a half. Seriously, man. If you see these scenes, you're going to be like, wow, that Coke really pops. <laughs> that gives your score for Gemini Man to be a 1.4. No. Yeah, that's about Which, according to uh, the numbers I got here, puts it just below The Purge and above Cirque du Freak at the bottom of your list. Above Cirque du Freak? Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> It was definitely better than Cirque du Freak. At least this movie, even if it wasn't a very good plot, at least it had one. So, yeah, it was coherent. I, I, I don't uh, know. I'm not going to go back and give it any extra partial points, though. All right, 21 Bridges. I think you're going to give this movie two and a half. That sounds right. <laughs> the plot is fine. It's just so tired. I'm going to give it a two and a half. The acting I will give a three and a half. I'll give the acting, yeah, I'll give the acting a three and a half. Let's leave it at that. Pacing. Actually, I thought as far as pacing goes, this moved pretty well. So I'll have to give the pacing, I guess like a three and a half. Eh, Yeah. Aesthetics were fine. Three, I guess. And enjoyment. Oh man, that's a hard one to answer. I'm going to give the enjoyment a two and a half. Question. You may have said this 
while you were talking about it, but I have forgotten. When it gets revealed that all of the cops are crooked, you said it's supposed to be a big surprise, and you're in. But like as a watcher, you're like, I already know that. Yes. Okay, that's that does sound hysterical. <laughs> yeah, I, this is why I want you to watch it. I want you to watch it just seeing. Well, I mean, now I've told you everything that happens, but I think even without that, you would have seen it all happening, and with having heard it from me, I think you'll still be able to see like just how obvious this movie is about everything. And I think mm-hmm. you may even still be a bit surprised by how predictable it actually is, like how much I'm not exaggerating. Okay, that's cool. Your final score for this movie was a two point five. Wow. Is right on. If you would like to see our list, go to thisweekinfilm.com. You'll find a link to our letterboxed page. They keep everything tidy for us. Also, on our website, you will find a page called Midwest Matt Recommends, where Matt tells us things he recommends. Matt, what do you recommend this week? Well, it's only been a couple of days since we recorded our last episode, so I don't exactly have anything to recommend. I listened to another episode of uh, Rosemary's Ladies, and they talked about Hansel and Gretel vampire hunters or witch hunters. Oh, really? Um, and their review made me want to go back and watch that again. So if any listeners feel like watching it at the same time as me, I may be watching that this week because okay. I'm ready to give it a fresh look. <laughs> It sounds like it may be more tongue-in-cheek than I appreciated the first time. I mean, it was definitely over the top, but I don't know. We'll see how it goes. They were fans? It seemed like they really enjoyed the -the over-the-top goofiness of it. They seemed to be pretty happy with it. They're like, look, this movie's terrible, (laughs) but it's fun. Have a good time. And I'm like, well, all right, maybe I'll try again. Wow. Must be quite the turn for you to give a movie a second chance like that. I don't know, man. There have been some other movies that they reviewed and they thought differently of than I have, so I'm not assuming that whatever they say is always in alignment with me. Like, they really ragged on Freddy versus Jason as being a terribly boring movie, and Mm -hmm. while I don't want to watch it again, I remember having a pretty good time watching it. Um, Yeah, I had a blast watching that movie. Yeah, and there are a couple that they seem to have liked that I didn't really like that much, so I'm not 100% sure I'm going to enjoy this, but I'm willing to try it out again. <laughs> well, just... that's very that's very mature of you. <laughs> yeah, it's mature of me to watch a movie called Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. <laughs> if you would like to contact us, you can send us an email at thisweekinfilmpodcast at gmail.com or contact us on most of the social networks it's been two days we haven't released an episode since our last episode so i don't have any write-in stuff today so there's that (laughs) feel free to uh rate or review us on apple podcasts or any other podcast service that would be great and i guess that's the end of the show matt do you have anything else for this week well i guess if that is the end of the reel we'll see you next week in film judge movies not people. I think I'm getting tired of saying that that's the end of the real thing. You're going to have to come up with something else then. That sounds like a lot of effort. <laughs> you just say, fin. <laughs> like a shark. No, like a French <laughs> film. <laughs> no. <laughs> but Deepest, bluest, my head is like a shark's fin. <laughs> uh. Those are two attractive guys. I think they got quite a future in Hollywood. <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm going to make that noise.